You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome to another awesome episode of Ask a Drone You. My name is Paul. And my name is Rob. Thank you for being with us today. Really appreciate it. And uh, this is going to be a fun one. This is going to be a very interesting episode. So make sure you get those pens out and you grab the popcorn because you're going to need it. <laughs> uh, right. We have a very interesting question today regarding kind of uh, this this idea of being able to take off and land mid-air. Uniquely? Yeah, I said mid-air, and he said uniquely. <laughs> and anyway, we were, at first we were like, yeah, not sure we should answer this one, but then we were like, you know what, this is a great opportunity to really try to change the perception of ideology instead of trying to find like loopholes in any regulatory system. I think it's time to just call a spade a spade and tell people exactly, you know, stop thinking like this. You need to start thinking in terms of what is actually safe and you need to start thinking about what is actually safe and not listening to other people telling you what's actually safe. Yeah. Because nine times out of 10, they may not know as much information as you. So, um, uh, depending on how educated you are, obviously, but that being said, I think it's a great opportunity to just talk about when you're thinking about making decisions about the safe aspect of flying. I think we're going to have a fantastic conversation today. And I think that this is going to be something that this is probably going to ruffle some feathers. Ask me if I care. Um, and it's also probably going to get some people to say, hey, I'm finally glad that you, you, know, you talked about it in that way, because I think that there needs to be a deviation finally of, of thinking in terms of how do I operate in the eyes of the FAA or how do I operate safely? Because those two things are diverging and have been for, for a couple of years now. So I think we're going to talk about it in a way that may actually surprise you. And I would ask anyone who's like, because I know I'm sure someone is going to send this to someone who's going to send it to someone who's going to send it, whose last name ends with M, and uh, and then they're going to send it to the FAA and they're going to watch this. So, dear FAA, I'm glad that you're here. Have an open mind. I think you might learn something because the community, uh, I've talked to a lot of people about this particular issue as far as practically flying safe. And I think that this is such a good thing to talk about as far as really looking at problems in the eyes of truly safe operations mm -hmm. because trying to get around the law with a midair takeoff and landing like it's creative yes yes rob it is creative <laughs> it is oh i love the positivity bring it on let's play this thing <laughs> brought to you by drone you virtual trainings by the way go to the and you'll see a banner across the top and you can just click on that join us live and check out all the classes that we've got coming up a lot of great stuff for you i've really been enjoying those classes rob it's so yeah. much fun to socially engage with these people you know we just revamped the mapping class again we just changed things we just added a bunch to it. I have to say this has been so much fun because I had one particular student, I just have to say this really quick, had a student this week. He was in our last mapping class a month ago. Mm -hmm. And he came to our mapping class because he was trying to map a school to help them with COVID planning. 
And I, I was like, oh, that's neat. He's like, but I can't. He's like, the model looks great He's to them. And he goes, and they're looking at mostly the 2D stuff. But when I look at the 3D, the front of the building is just icicles. It just, it doesn't look good. <laughs> and so I gave him the formula for the free flight and what to do and the perspective shots and like mm -hmm. the rules and everything. And he was in class again this month. And so I was like, oh, you know, hey, George, how's it going? And he goes, I want to show you something. And he goes, what you taught me about free flight mode for complex 3D modeling worked. And he's like, and so I want to show you the deliverable that we made for the school so they could do all their COVID planning so they could literally, you know, have classes outdoors for as long as they could for whatever reason. And it just... I just love the fact that he came to class, he listened, he retained, he used it, yeah. he made money off it, he's got a contract now for the rest of the year, he's doing other schools, like, it, it just goes to show that success is not hard, it's not a complex algorithm, it's not a formula, it's hard work, aka applying yourself and being constantly willing to learn, mm -hmm. and I just, I'm so ecstatic. Yeah, no, and George this is that guy. guy. He's got a six-figure job from our class, yeah. and he did it in one month. Yeah, like, what absolutely. more proof do you need? Yeah, <laughs> and, and again, one of the we we've beaten this point to death, but we'll continue to do so. One of the reasons for that is because everything that's taught is based on real life experience, right? It's that's based right. on. You and other instructors that we have being out there actually doing the work that they're teaching as opposed to, well, let's just say not. As opposed to faking it and using your title from your last job that you probably did at a C grade level anyway. So, well, <laughs> man, wait, no, no. All right, I got my jab in. Okay. Because if you, anyways, okay. I'm going to play the here's question the now. Here's the thing we love to help people, okay? And we don't like fakers because fakers do not create success for pilots. And if you're wondering why we have the attitude that we do, it's because we actually care about you. We actually care about your long-term success. And just as Einstein said, you cannot gain true wisdom or knowledge without experience. And so that's why all of our classes are taught from experience. There's a reason why, yeah, DroneU membership is the price point that it is because well, it rewards people who deep dive. It rewards people who work hard. Mm -hmm. And I, I think a lot of people don't understand that and that's okay. Now these in-person virtual classes, Rob, I just learned something really unique. When you deep dive in a class like this for four or five days at a time for eight to 10 hours a day, you actually increase your neuroplasticity and your propensity to learn the material. Mm, that's you why go. you want to go to virtual. Bada bing. I don't know why you wanted to slow me down. No, I'm not trying to slow you down. I was like, this is a good story. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I'm, I'm just listening. All right. But here's the question. Okay, excellent. I have a question. This question is geared toward taking your drone off on restricted land or like, like parks. So my question is, can I take my drone off in mid-air? That's my question. Can I take my drone off in mid-air? If you look at it from a Class G aspect, Class G goes from all the way from, you know, you know it, from the surface on up. But then you have some of these areas where it is restricted to, where they want to restrict where you can 
take your drone off and land your drone. So my question is, can you take your drone off and land your drone in midair? Thanks. Thank you, Fred. Um, seriously. And if you have a question like Fred did, go to askadroneu.com. We would love to Please. hear from you. Whatever's on your mind about your business, about um, being becoming a better drone pilot, et cetera, et cetera, let us know. We, we really do want to hear from you. So, Fred, I number one, absolutely love the creativity of the thought. I think that uh, it's actually something that we have heard before. But I got to be honest, I, I'm having a really hard time picturing exactly what you mean, like what this looks like. So I just have one request, and that is that you send us a picture of what it looks like to take off and land the drone from midair. <laughs> and and so I say that a little bit tongue in cheek, and I am not poking fun. I'm seriously curious because I don't understand. What is it? Does that mean? I don't know. Help me understand what, what I, the question is trying to ask. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying uh, the joy that I'm getting from from thinking about. Uh, how had this? Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna label so it. So I maybe I maybe so you back your truck up to right at the property line, and you run and you jump, and then you let go, <laughs> and, and it. I honestly don't. know. I mean, look, technically speaking, there scientifically there may be something to it. Okay, does it matter in the wake of regulations? Absolutely not. If you've got some good, if you got a good lawyer and you got a lot of money and a lot of time and you don't mind fighting people, I would say go for it. But honestly, I wouldn't do it. I, yeah. I and this is and this is why you know we kind of set up the show uh, the way that we did is because very simply, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to I just want to reiterate that it's not in your best interest to try to find loopholes in the law. It's not even the law in the rules, uh, the regulations, excuse me. I'm not really sure how that's going to help you. I think what may help you though, is when you start to consider what is an, what is an actual safe flight look like, right? Cause you know, they talked about restricted areas and what's funny is that there's different types of restricted areas and different types of restrictions. And so I'm wondering, you know, I want to know where we're talking about too, because mm -hmm. he mentioned class G and so I'm like, well, if it's class G, what's the problem? Like, uh, well, but you could be in class G and still restricted in terms of um, private property or well, national park, right? That's the thing, too, is that vernacular is so fuzzy in this industry. Restricted area, like if we actually look at a restricted area, it means you cannot fly. But there are restricted areas that are like MOAs, military operating areas. Those are not technically restricted, but people call them restricted all the time. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to clarify, too. Sure. You know, and really I think this speaks to your desire to have um, a language for drone pilots that is uniform. Yes. Right. So this is a p perfect example, probably. Yes. Of that being an issue. Well, I mean, yeah, and yes, uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And again, you know, I know people are trying to think about how to operate safely in the eyes of the FAA, but if you're trying to, you know, take off and fly in a restricted area and it is a restricted area, it doesn't matter if you're trying to take off or land in midair, you cannot fly in the restricted yeah, area. But again, I, <laughs> so, my interpretation of the question is, for example, a national park that you cannot fly in. And that's not a restricted area. So that's a totally different circumstance. 
But I think that's what he's getting at. Gotcha. That's again, that's my interpretation because he's clearly talking about the ground. Yeah. I mean, obviously he brings into account um, G airspace, but I think he's talking about the ground being restricted in some form. It's just, yeah, it's the terminology used. But the bottom line is fly safe. I mean, is the that kind of what you're trying is, to say? I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really don't break the law. I'm pretty or? much trying to get to the point of look. If it's a restricted area, you probably can't fly there. But I also want to speak to kind of the macro ideology of like being concerned about what the FAA thinks all the time, because there are basic operating rules, and you need to basically understand how to access the airspace. That's what the FAA teaches you. The FAA does not teach you how to fly a drone. They are not capable of teaching you how to fly safely. They are not capable of even teaching you how to stop a flyaway, let alone what causes one. So that being said, I think we need to stop looking at the FAA to say, hey, FAA, how do you, how do we do, you know, how do we fly safely? How do we operate safely? That can't happen. When you don't know how to do it, you can't teach it. And it's just that simple. Sure. And I think also that's not the FAA's purview, unfortunately. Um, and I think that's also the, the proof is in the pudding. I actually wrote an article about this. Um, I wrote an article about how in the history of the wake of the FAA, the FAA has really never focused on the practical application of flying, right? You always go take a certificate test. And even if you're a part 61 pilot, do you have a practical exam? Not with the FAA. Hmm. You have a check ride, right? But that's with a CFI. The, he's not an FAA personnel. Yeah. He's got a license, but he's private. Well, and maybe, and maybe that's for the best. That's just the system that's been set up. And it's worked for all these years in terms of our airspace, right? And so I think in that sense that, I don't know, maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. And that just leaves people like us to train people to fly safely and properly. That's what I love this job is because... I know confidently and for a fact, I can teach you how to fly better than 90% of the people out there. And I know for a fact that there are things that we can teach you to help you limit liability over the life of your career. And there are things that we can teach you that we have learned from experience ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, this isn't about us, though. This is about truly being able to make a decision when you're out in the field. So you get a request to go fly somewhere. If it's a restricted area, taking off and landing midair is not going to help help you. Um, I would say there are, depending on the restricted area, I have had a lot of success in garnishing authorization from the controlling authority of said area. There's yeah. one down in San Antonio, if you remember, because I called you, I was so stunned they had a system in place. I was like, yeah. dude, there's like a commander of <laughs> UAS. Like, I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah. So there, there very well may be a way to get that done uh, without having to take off and land in midair. But I assume he means... Um, hands, hand catch. hand catch and hand takeoff. That's the only way I can actually, I in all seriousness, that's the only way I can see that being a thing. I guess, yeah, I, uh, again, if there's another way that we're not thinking about, please let us know. But that being the case, then obviously, no, that's not going to do anything for you. Right? If I, to if specifically I, answer the question. If I uh, were to play a lawyer on radio... Oh, wait. Uh, I, I would say that his feet are touching the ground. And since he yeah. makes contact with the aircraft as it's landing, yeah. that the connection is to the ground. Now, maybe, maybe, okay, if we're getting, we're really getting in the ridiculous weeds here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's say that he has a really high jump, okay? He's got a good hang time, right? 
He's been working in the basketball gym for years, decades, mm -hmm. right? This guy can jump two, three feet in the air. Let's say he's landing, the motors begin to turn off and he jumps up in midair. Did he technically land in midair? Yes. Does it matter? Probably not. Every investigator would be like, yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So that's what we were talking about off air is ultimately you might have to defend yourself. And is that really going to be defensible? Oh. Defensible? Probably not. And, yeah. And like, Probably honestly, not. you know, we give the FAA a hard time, but this is one of those times where it, you can't give them a hard time because imagine if you were in the FAA's shoes, you would just look at the guy and just be like, oh, did you miss the part about safe access to the national airspace system? Yeah. You know yeah. <laughs> but again, Fred, um, uh, appreciate the thinking. I mean, we we need that. I we, like it. It's it's not about getting out of the box. It's about realizing there is no box, right? Except in, I guess, many cases there that are. That was but, very deep. Well, are we getting into a philosophy argument here? Does zero have a value? No, I'm just kidding. We're ending the show. <laughs> <laughs> but right. not before. Please, you subscribe wherever you listen. It's helpful. YouTube, that is one of the best ways that you can help us out. Subscribe and or leave a review again wherever you listen. So appreciative of anybody that takes a, a couple minutes to do that. True. Thank you again for listening. Please write in your question, askadroneu.com. That's going to do it for us today. My name is Paul. I'm Rob. This is Ask Droneu. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.